Okay, you guys ready? Oh yeah, totally. Alright. Howdy, and welcome to episode 20 of Cast Protection. Cast Protection is a podcast that discusses the Netflix original series Stranger Things. My name is Jonathan Kreitz, and I am joined by Dave Atterbury. Hey, friends. And Chris Tyler. Bitchin'. You can reach us at castprotection at gmail.com, at, at castprotection on Twitter, and we also have a Facebook group. Um, you could also, if you'd like, leave us a review on iTunes. And tonight, we're going to get into Chapter 7, which happens to be pretty much the like controversial or... Yeah. Uh, the the issue that everyone or the episode everyone got hung up on with this uh, latest season of Stranger Things, and I'm gonna give you a spoiler warning right now. I know this is you know been out for months, but just in case you have not watched, we're gonna go into uh, a deep discussion of the plot and details of the episode. And with that, let's start our synopsis. So, <clears throat> in the opening, we get a replay in Eleven's uh, basically of Eleven's mind meld with her mother as she focuses in on the other girl that was with her in the rainbow room at the lab. Becky goes through some of Terry's files, and they find a picture of of this girl. In her sleep, um, Elle actually finds the girl, and in her excitement to tell Becky, she actually overhears Becky on the phone with the Hawkins Police Department asking for Sheriff Hopper. Feeling betrayed, or Chief Hopper, I should say, feeling betrayed, Elle steals some cash and runs. So in our episode proper, it begins with uh, Eleven waking up as her bus drops her off in the city of Chicago. She's still looking for the other girl, and in a rough part of town, she finds some punks squatting in a warehouse. They're the same ones from the opening of this season way back in episode one. They tell her to get lost, but Ellis determined. Eventually, Callie, or Collie, how do they say it in the show? It's been a while since Callie? Yeah, Callie, I think. Collie is a dog, so... Uh, <laughs> eventually, Callie arrives. They compare tattoos, their number tattoos on their forearms, and realize they are, quote-unquote, sisters. So as Callie and Eleven discuss Elle's situation, Callie reveals that her gift is to actually make people see what she wants, which explains the, you know, the cold open to the actual season itself where she makes the policemen see the bridge or the tunnel collapsing even though it actually did not. Um, Callie tells Elle that she should stay with them and make this place her home, which home is a very powerful, powerful word for Eleven. After Elle goes to sleep, Callie tells the rest of the group that they can use Elle's powers um, the following night as Elle can find stuff without moving and with just a picture. In her dreams, this time Elle is hearing Hopper's apology over the radio from last episode, and she seems to take it to heart before Callie wakes her up. She introduces Eleven properly to the rest of the group. None of the rest of them have gifts, but they all have been hurt by the system um, and owe their allegiance to Callie. They want Elle to help them find these guys and kill them. Callie tells Eleven she, she used to be just like her, holding her pain in, letting it fester, and that it's time for her to get it out. She has Elle move an old boxcar with her mind while stoking her anger at the treatment she has received. Elle moves it, the, the train car, and the others in the group are stunned at her power. They all look at their wall full of information on the men and women that ran the system that controlled Elle and Callie and ask Elle if she knows any of them. And she recognizes one of the men as the orderly that electroshocked the bejesus out of Terry um, that she got from her mind meld with, with her mom. He also shocked Callie. They suit up, give Elle a makeover, and head to a town about an hour out of Chicago to get this guy. 
On the way, they stop at a convenience store and rob it with Elle preventing the owner from shooting them. They arrive at the apartments of the orderly and Elle can see that he is alone and watching TV. They let themselves in and confront him with the truth of who they are and what he has done. He begs, saying that he can take them to Brenner. This means nothing as Elle can find him if he is still truly alive. Elle begins choking him slowly but hesitates when she sees a picture of him with his own girls. At the same time, the rest of the crew realize that there are two girls in the back room, back bedroom and that they've called 911. It's time to go. Elle refuses to kill him and also prevents Callie, which enrages her. They make it back to their hideout in Chicago and Callie confronts Elle about what she needs to become. She was once like Elle, had a family that loved her. They couldn't help her, so she knows uh, she now lives to hurt those that hurt them. Callie summons an apparition of Brenner to taunt Elle. He mentions that she has a rot in her that is spreading and will kill her. While considering all of this, Elle enters her mindscapes and sees the events at Hawkins' lab and that Hopper and Mike are in danger. Just then, the cops and SWAT team arrive and swarm the warehouse. Callie gets them out by creating an illusion, but Elle refuses to go with them. Her friends and Hawkins may not be able to save her, but she can save them. On the bus ride home, a kind older woman shows concern for Elle. She says she is not going to her parents, but to her friends. And that is the end of Chapter 7. All right. So, actually, reading all that, you know, reading that through like that, it, it sounds yeah. pretty good. You yeah. know, like, that, yeah. on paper, I feel like that sounds good. I, I, I want to say it right off the jump. I did not have a problem with this episode. Um, okay. And no. It's, is it totally very different than the rest of the show? Absolutely. The, the rest of the show is mimicking that 80s Spielbergian or Carpenter vibe. This episode is supposed to be like uh, pulling in uh, maybe a little bit of Golan Globus Canon Films style filmmaking, uh, a little, you know, uh, maybe a little Death Wish in there. It's definitely got yeah. a different feel, but it's also not the suburbs. It's the city, the gritty city. Yeah. I mean, her going yeah. and leaving the bus when she yeah, gets I, to Chicago is, I mean, that's the beginning of Firestarter. Like, it's literally like no shot doubt. the same way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, I, I think I think probably, it's honestly, it's just, I think, because of all the things they've done on Stranger Things, this feels more or the most like a classic television show uh, type move. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if this was like a weekly television show, you know, how the last episode ended on a cliffhanger, and then we get to this episode where okay. we don't even, we don't even like resolve that. We go completely off to a different story for a whole week before going back to the main story. That's probably the most, I don't want to say it's cliche, but I, I would say like it's the most like traditional, like. Yeah, it's kind of a trope. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of a trope. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's a little, it's a little, you know what I mean? Because. You know, so far the storytelling is, is you know, it's mostly a, just one long contiguous story. Yeah, serialized. It's been very you know serialized. You know, it's very serialized. It, right. It breaks at very high, like, high drama points. You know what I mean? But but most of the episodes really, like, if you had to, like, take them and only watch them and wait a week for the next one, they wouldn't feel the same. They don't – they're not as standalone as, like, if you go back and watch – you know, a typical genre show where they have like, like the X-Files, you know, how you had like the mythology episodes versus the monster of the week episodes, you sure. know, like how they, you know, this is all plot. And so this, this I think is probably why 
it was off-putting to most people, I think. That's my theory on why I think it kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. Because I'm, I'm with you. Like, when you when you go back and just watch the episode and, and you see what's in it, it's pretty good. Like, it's not like it's a bad episode. Well, no, it's I, not bad. I, I think it's two things. I think it's what you guys have both described, that it is a departure from yeah. what has been Stranger Things so far. And two, I will, and maybe you can convince me otherwise, I I think the crew she meets up with, with Callie, I kind of feel like especially Callie and the rest of them, I just feel like are, uh, honestly, the performances are a little subpar compared to the rest of the cast back in Hawkins. So I feel like it's the combination of those two things where it's like, okay, this is not the same as what we've had before. And also they are just, I just don't feel like they're very good. I don't know what, I can't put my finger on it. They feel, yeah. They're, they're, they're not, not very good. They're not great actors. I mean, yeah. and a lot of them are totally overacting. But it's I don't I don't think yeah. the episode is supposed to feel like the rest of it. It's a completely alien no. world for her. No. I mean, when yeah. we first meet Eleven in the in in the first season, it's the whole show is shown with her her as an adjunct to the what the boys are doing. At, yeah. Now she's a year older. And she's not going to be told what to do anymore. It's it feels right. more adult because she's more adult, and and this is something that she has to do. Yeah, it, yeah. Is there a lot of plot in this one? And does it raise some questions? Absolutely. But the other thing it does is, uh, how can you have the ending of this season? And I won't spoil it here. Right. If she right. doesn't have this departure, then. We don't have what comes at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I think, I think too. I think, you know, we tra- we've talked about how you know, like the the rest of the crew is kind of thin, you know. And yeah. I think that I think that's because even though the the episode is dense, and if and when and like you know the the great recap, um, as always done by uh, our, our our heavy lifter JC. Um, shows like there's a a lot in it but i think how it plays out is a little it could have been broken up in a regular episode you know what i mean like it could have probably been pared down by half and it probably would have still got everything across probably that it that it did but i think they turned this into a whole episode because you know not to spoil ahead because we just don't do that but I think if it was mixed in with like what happens in the next two episodes, the next two chapters, it would have been, there's so much narrative momentum in the next episode that we're about to get to the next chapter that if it had been interspersed with this, every time it would have flashed back over to this versus what's happening in Hawkins, it would have brought things to a grinding halt. Yeah. I mean, you have to, even though this felt like to a lot of people that this was a grinding halt, you know, I think it would have been worse. So I think they made the right call by having a whole standalone L episode, but you know, yeah, I, honestly, to me, the idea of it is right. And you're totally right that the lesson she learns and where her character goes from this right. episode right. are like super important and directly tie into you know, the end of the season and enriches all as a character and all of those things. I think it's yeah. just the execution of it that's a little 
Well, wah, wah. You, well, you know what's interesting? If you think about it, like I think you could have had the exact same episode and lost her, the entire crew if it had just been her sister on her own doing what she was doing by herself. Ooh. I it, think the... You could have done it that way, and it probably would have moved a little faster. I think it probably would have allowed for a little more development between those two because it was well, almost cr- like well, the crew is just crew. so they are cliche. That's it. They're like they're and, like you got the Cindy Lopper, you know, not Cindy Lopper. You right. got you know, yeah, you Sid Vicious, I, not Sid Vicious. Yes, <laughs> it, it's just like okay, yeah. It's well, it's, uh, it's, it, it's interesting because it's it's the most cliche of the 80s that they've ever done in this supposedly nostalgic flashback mm-hmm. show. You know? It's also that you look at the support group and the friends that Eleven has, all the people right. that Callie has are, are are a dark reflection of what she could become if she decides to do that. Well, that's yeah. a fair point. That's a yeah. fair point. This is this instead they're, of D&D, they're, they're, they're actually not... in the real world uh, taking people out. Yeah, they're yeah. yeah. They're definitely I mean their their mission might be just and I mean we don't, you know, the yeah. we don't really get any backstory for any of the other characters really that Callie's with. And I got to be honest, it's not really important. The point is No, no. Here's a slightly older version of 11 that did not have the support group that Yeah. <laughs> that 11 has and this is She what didn't happens. have ho- well, and she she says she did have a family, but that they could not understand her. I guess no. I think your point still stands, though, Chris. I mean, this is what this is like. This is like uh, I don't know. It's almost like the Christmas Carol for elves. This is like what your life could be. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it, totally. it's and I and I do think she gets the right lesson for it. And it and it. And it shows that she is a pretty dark character, all things yeah, considered. I mean, she, they don't they don't shy away from yeah. the fact that she has killed people. Yeah, that part where she says, yeah. "I've killed people," it's like, oh. But baby, she's done it at the time of of actually being harassed. Yeah, and self defense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not this premeditated thing where we're gonna go go and find all these people and and murder Hunt them, them down and one. kill them. Yeah, right. Yeah, no vigilante style killings. No, I mean, I do like I'm saying. I, I think the merits of the episode are there. Yeah. I, I just honestly feel like I feel like Callie. If even Callie alone had been better, I just don't feel like that actress was. I don't know. I felt like she just had. Uh, I don't know, well, she was almost she was like good. she was almost too. You know, you have L, and L has ostensibly never left Hawkins' lab. Yes. You know what I mean? So a lot of the, you know, a lot of the interesting character dynamics of Elle come from the fact that she's a super-powered girl, but she's also not a normal girl. You know, she's not a typical girl her age, you know, with typical concerns or cares. She's this girl almost out of time, you know. And then you run into Callie, and... We don't get really any detail other than a line or two about how she got away and now she's on this mission to avenge herself upon the bad guys. But she's essentially like completely hip to the world. You know, she, you know what I mean? It's like she was never in Hawkins lab at all. You know what I mean? Like she's not like, she's not socially awkward or kind of weird or like, you know, completely like thrown by concepts that are unbeknownst to her because she spent her entire life 
hidden in a lab, you know. So it's almost like, yeah, I almost feel like th- there's more there, I think, you know. It definitely, you know, I think they definitely need to follow up on it. I don't think, yeah, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. I, the reaction you think of this episode was so negative. I don't <laughs> think if they... Negative? Were, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think they're well, going to... Well, what's funny is, yeah. when I first saw it, I assumed that she might convince them to come back and help her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. like I thought she might be going to convince Callie to come back with her to Hawkins. Yeah, but it didn't work out that way. I don't know. Well, yeah, and, and it's interesting because, like, if you... If you take this episode off the table and just look at the that intro way back in the first episode, you know, yes. and just the whole idea of like, oh wow, there's other people like L, you know, that kind of X Men vibe starts creeping in. Sure, and, totally. You know, and so I guess you know maybe that really is where the juice comes from, just the idea that maybe there's more people, you know, and I and I think it's pretty fair to say that Callie's Kelly seems a bit retconned in, you know, to the whole story like i don't think there's even an inkling of of the idea that there was another girl in there with l in the first season no but they say that uh, they you know they were doing experiments on kids it's, yeah, I mean, she, it's clear she's number totally 11 okay well there she's you go number so 11 there, right yeah she's, she's number 11 she's, so she's weapon x you know that means there was one through nine before her basically right. or you know, one and, through and callie's only and callie's only got the one power you know and l has oh she's got a whole bunch Way more power. She's having so. these dreams now. Like, and that's something I didn't really pick up on. I don't know. In yeah. the recapping of it, I'm like, you know, all this stuff with the, her figuring stuff out is happening when she's asleep. Yeah. It happens twice in this episode, I think, where she well, figures I, stuff out when she's asleep. Yeah. And it's like. And she's getting stronger. I mean, you know, that's it, to me, it shows she's getting stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and, and they haven't said anything about it, but, you know, it makes me think of the whole. You know, the whole scene in Firestarter where they talk about the idea of like, you know, this little girl has powers, but she's about to hit puberty and mm-hmm. what's going to happen to her powers then. So crack the world I, open. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, you know, I mean, maybe maybe Chris is right. You know, maybe we don't ever get back to Callie, but then, you know, maybe a different number shows up next season or, you know, because um, it would be really interesting because, you know, at this point. We're kind of in that Superman territory where it's like, you know, what's a threat for L? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so like, you know, other than, say, another powered person, you know, I don't even think Callie's a threat because I think the minute L thinks that she's being messed with, that she's just going to whack Callie, you know? I think she, I mean, it's it's clear that Callie can show Eleven the stuff that she shows everybody else, though, like, so I don't know. Right, but but it begs the question: like, can L like overpower and override Callie's, you know, illusions? You know what I mean? I don't know. We're, I mean, because like you said, we're talking like we're talking like you know Professor X versus Jubilee here. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> you know. So I, I don't know. And it's and that's the funny thing is like you know even though this is probably the weakest episode of Stranger Things so far, there's still a lot to chew on. Like yeah, you know what I mean? it's. You know, there's no such thing as bad pizza definitely applies here, you know, like, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I almost wonder though, it's funny. I was just thinking like earlier tonight when I was driving, I was like, I wonder if like, if all of the crew had been really good, 
you know, if they'd have come across as dynamic, as interesting, as as fast as like the whole cast did, you know, the regulars. Yeah. I almost wonder if we'd be like, oh, you know, like if we'd be like feeling like it was too much like backdoor pilot, you know, like that's true. Like too. they like they came up with a bunch of really good characters that we just now aren't going to see or or we're all going to assume is like the spin off of stranger or things like you know like <laughs> you know what i mean like so i mean i guess i don't know i mean it's no it's an interesting i just think it's an interesting departure from uh, and i'd be interested to know how they kind of came about this idea that this was the way they decided to go uh compared to the rest of the show you know what i mean um yeah. I mean, it, it might have just been something as simple enough as let's try to do something else in a in an '80s genre that we didn't tackle in the first yeah, season. Right. What else can right. we do? Can we do a gritty, uh, you know, urban episode yeah. and have it work? Well, and, and you know, what's interesting is 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 it's this has probably got the single most thing, um, important that happens in an episode that we'll be handling on to later seasons. Which What's is that? the the idea that Brenner's alive? Yeah, well, I was going to bridge that eventually, but yes, you know, that he's you know what is that about? There. Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. probably of all the things you know that will probably carry like one of the biggest like narrative threads that's going to carry on to you know subsequent seasons is probably yeah. that little tidbit, you know. So if nothing else, you know that and you know Elle's badass new uh, hairdo, you know. Yes, the bitch's so. hairdo. <laughs> she must be so thrilled that she doesn't have to shave her head again. Oh yeah. no! And that was a fun sequence, like that whole uh, after the makeover. Yeah, and then when she goes and they they like you know they do like the little robbery and stuff. You know, it's uh, I thought that was a pretty cool scene where they uh, you know just kind of showing like just how much you know having all those powers could could do for you. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, well, I agree that is that is good, but it's like Callie's almost like a mastermind type person because you see how effective her illusions can be and make people see what she wants them to see. Right. You know, they could have really gone like on an X Men angle and made her like manipulate Elle in a way that like really pissed her off and set her on like a dark path. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of what happened with uh, Jean Grey and Mastermind oh, and all that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do think it's, uh, you know, in season one, we had this whole idea of, like, the connection between Elle and the monster. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, both Callie and her illusion of Brenner, which I assume is just Callie talking through this illusion she's created, but... You know, bring up this idea that Elle has is like this festering wound inside of her, where in this season we see this, you know, rotting, you know, infestation basically yeah. spreading through Hawkins. And it's like, yeah. you know, is she yeah. still some way somehow connected, you know, e- either directly yeah. or indirectly, like to what's going on in the, you know, main story yeah. back in Hawkins? Well, and just the idea of like, you know, um, you know, feeling on the outside, feeling like, you know, that you're on the outside looking in and that people don't understand you and, you know, that 
that teenage angst, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, and hers is just brought into this like very sharp, acute focus, you know, like you're this super powered, you know, monster, you know, and her still struggling with that whole issue and right. the idea of like, you know, is she the monster? Is she not a monster? You know, where does her well, strength come from? You know, you know, right. she, she's Magneto, you know, yeah, somewhere between, you know, hmm. What was it that he used to get him to move the radar dish? Now that I'm totally blanking. I was about uh, to quote it, and then it just left His me. strongest memory. Right. And what was, like, somewhere between... What? How do you describe it? I oh, can't come remember. On. Save me. Come on, hero. I can't come remember. On. It's been a while since I watched First Class. I have memory. First it, was, class. it was a memory of Such his mother. Right, but he, like, you know, somewhere between, like, like happiness and, like, and anguish, you know? That's where he finds his power, you know? Oh, and... That seems to be where L is at this point, you know, and we'll probably get into that more. Well, yeah, we'll get into that more uh, in future episodes. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if L still does feel like she's a monster, it, it's at the end of this episode, it's almost like she's come to terms with it. You know, yeah. if, if I have this this side of me then i might as well use it because it's yeah. again you know i can i can save people i don't it's clear yeah. she doesn't she doesn't want to murder people she wants to do the right thing it, you know she was a, a caged dog for years you know she, right. she lashed out at the beginning but as soon as she doesn't have to you know kill to defend herself she doesn't you know I mean, she. It would have been real easy for her to you know, kill those bullies in the in the first season. She doesn't, you know. Yeah. It was probably yeah. harder for her to restrain herself and you know just make them piss themselves or break their arm. <laughs> and, you know, it would have been to just have them twist their own necks or something. So. Oh yeah. There's yeah. a, you know, there's that level of her character going on here too. She's she's going to embrace what she has, but she doesn't have to be completely defined by it either. Yeah, I think. Uh, totally. Yeah, I mean, so there's a lot here, even for <laughs> an episode some people thought was filler. Well, and I mean, obviously, Twitter is not like a, you know a perfect sample of people, no. but I mean, I right. just in the days, the few days directly after the new season premiered, and everyone's binging it as quick as possible. I mean, it was. I almost want to say it was universal. People just like, ugh. Episode seven. You know what? I think ever. people just really they would. I think people just really po'd. They had to wait an extra hour to get Ellen Mike back together. Well, and it is kind of. I mean, is yeah. is it artificial or not that she wasn't with the crew the entire season? I do yeah. feel like that is like yeah. a a really interesting choice and one that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, would I? I guess would I have liked to have seen her with the boys that much more? Absolutely. Yes. But does the resolution yeah. pay off really, really, really well? Oh, yeah. Also, yes. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you can't have that awesome moment without... With, without having yeah. them separated for so long. Right. Well, the way the first season ended, there was no way she could be out in the open. You know? There was only yeah. one thing to do, and that was yeah. keep her under wraps. Well, right. and that leads to... And I've read... When the season came out, I read some, like, EW interviews and stuff with the creators. And I think they do... And we talked about this back with Elle in the Woods and all that kind of stuff. But I think with the end of season one, they kind of back themselves into a corner unintentionally, narratively in some ways. Yeah. And that might be just another example of that. It's like, well, 
Yeah. Uh, Elle's yeah. not with them, and she can't be with them, at least the way we ended things last season, so <laughs> let's uh, figure something else out, you know? I wouldn't well, be surprised if they had that plan from the jump, though, but just because of the way that Hopper was written mm-hmm. and the loss of his daughter. You know, it's so yeah. natural to... He still has that paternal instinct, even though he's, you know, he's kind of oh, a mess. Yeah. But yeah. what's the one thing that, you know, if he was handed this charge, he would he's going to do it to the best of his ability and, and take in somebody that kind of reminds him of his own daughter, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I don't think there was any any uh, lack of foresight in in the fact that Eleven has no hair and Hopper's child died of pediatric cancer you know well yeah well yeah and you notice in the first season every time he referred to his daughter he referred to her as still being alive yeah and this season whenever he talks about her he he now talks about her in the past tense so you know 11 has definitely changed things for him good good one dave that was good yeah Yeah, thanks (laughs) (laughs) you're right though you're right moments Not many, but yeah. you do have them. <laughs> Sorry. That's not true. That's not true. Yes. I was just yeah. I was channeling my inner Leia. Sorry. No, no, no. That was good. That was good. Scoundrel, Dave. Scoundrel. Oh, I am a scoundrel. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that off channel, but I got my Amazon package yesterday with the, the new Han Solo novel in it. Ooh. Yes. Oh, I got to yeah. order that. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. It, yeah. The blurb oh. alone, the blurb alone is like, ooh, this is going to be good. All right. But, <laughs> Yeah, I, I've heard from a source that it's it's somebody's fi- that works for Del Rey. It's, it's his favorite uh, new Star Wars book he's read. Oh, I think I I think I heard that same uh, conversation. That same conversation, but you did. Yeah, so it it's a great time to be a geek. You know, that's the thing. And this episode, even though you know, it, you know, it it's got its ups and downs. It's a I, I I'm all behind this new method of getting shows because it was like. Even though I was like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, the minute that cliffhanger happened, I actually turned to Joy. I swear I turned her. I was like, I was like, oh, my gosh, we got to wait a whole other episode. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, it's all going to be L. It's going to be the L episode. And I totally <laughs> called it. And then but it was like and that's why we stayed up till four in the morning, because then we could watch the next episode after that. And then after we saw that, we we're like, and now we have to watch it, you of know, course. chapter nine. But, <laughs> you know. I love that, that like, you know, we can – because they can write differently than regular network television and um, kind of take some of these risks. And, and if and if something comes off a little bumpier than they hoped or whatever or people don't like it or whatever, you're already on to the next episode the minute after you finish this one. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? So and it's and it's like it's like a book, you know. I mean, like I've read very few books as much as I love to read, where I think that every single chapter in the book was the best chapter in that book. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like you know, Sometimes every now, they just have to dole out information and, and you know we got to spend a little. Right, right. Every now and then, Gandalf's got to go find something out, and Frodo sits around in the Shire for like five years. You know, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's uh. Yeah. That's why eventually I'll get my version of the Lord of the Rings on on screen. Right. It's gonna it's gonna right. be accurate. It's gonna take like you know a hundred years to to make it and watch it. So, to watch it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we'll see what Amazon puts out. I can't wait. I don't care what it is. If it's Middle Earth, I'll be watching it. Oh, 
Yeah, me too. I mean, they did you see how much money? Well, like we're getting far afield here, but did you see how much money they paid for it? A lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I want to say it was like two hundred fifty million dollars or something like that. Yeah, it's kind of funny because yeah, I think I think somebody in the Tolkien family was like, um, I want the money. You know, this is silly. So, well, can't blame them. Yeah, I can't blame them. It's funny, <laughs> Chris, what you just said, and like I'll always have a very special place in my heart for the, you know, the the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies. Oh yeah. But I mean, I think they're very very good adaptions. But it was funny how you ever have those moments where you realize one of your friends has like a deep seated like fandom type deal that you didn't know about and it comes out at a funny time. Well, <laughs> like last Wednesday in our church group, we were at Chick-fil-A and we we're seeing dinner and all talking about various things. Somehow the Lord of the Rings came up and my one of my friends like he was one of the guys who I guess was upset that Tom Bombadil didn't make it into the movie. That's when you know you've hit you've hit the Yeah, it just came out in this conversation and I was like, Jeff, I never knew this about you. Tell me more, Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. It was like, I'm right there with you, dude. You know, he could have been in the movie. They could have figured it out. Even told even Tolkien said there's no place in an adaptation for him. Okay. Well, when you when your friend geek outs himself to you. Yeah, like, yeah, oh. basically. Like how deep does this rabbit hole go? One of us. One yeah. of us. <laughs> One of us. Yeah, that is always nice. Uh, well, I remember but... my, one of my best buds. I told him I was going to Stahoe a celebration with all the freaks a couple of years ago. He's like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot of people there. I was like, yeah, he's like, is the guy who says, good, our first catch of the day from Star Wars going to be there? I'm like, okay, see, you're laughing at me right now, but the fact that you know that line means you just out yourself as a huge Star Wars nerd. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my heck. Our first that's catch of the bad. day. Oh, that's good. Why not? And that's, it's, 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 it's so funny because it's like, and it's such a great time to be a geek. Now, I mean, I keep saying it. I feel like a broken record, but keep saying it, just it's, so, it's not going to last forever. So revel in uh, it. I know it's just like, whew, I mean, you know, we just had Black Panther. We're about to have Avengers. And you got Solo around the corner. It's just, whew, exactly. Whew, exactly. you know, and it's funny because like I read the other day that I guess we're not going to get Stranger Things chapter three till, you know, or part three. Oh, or, wait, but did you guys see the casting news? Harry Elwes. No. Yes. No, I did not see that. Yes, the Dread Pirate Roberts is going to be the mayor of Hawkins, is what I read. Awesome. Yeah, it's no, pretty Andre awesome. Andre ended up as the Dread Pirate Roberts at the end. Oh, no. Well, no, not, not Andre. Inigo did. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Andre. Inigo, yeah, yeah. I am the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, that's also yeah. Even though they won't hit till 2019, there'll be so much stuff between now and then, and you know. All right. So Funko, please do me a favor. Don't release any more pops for series two. Right. Oh, are man. you completely? Are you? Com- are you? Do you have the complete collection? I do not have right the, now. I do not have the complete collection because I. What uh, are you missing? A, a couple, but uh, I decided to. Uh, enlist the talents of uh, Jay, Jack, and Eddie that I do the Vault of Horror with. Right, and, uh, right, right. And, I saw uh, him 
Or you sent us a picture of the Demogorgon he's working on for yeah, you? Yeah, I just received it the other day. Uh, the six-inch nice. uh, Funko Demogorgon. Uh, Jay Jack and Eddie did uh, a little custom base and uh, custom repaint on it, and uh, I will be putting pictures up on the Cast Protection website very soon. Nice. Nice. And what's his the art of horror collective? Is that his kind of uh, handle? The uh, well, I mean, on Facebook he's he's Jay, but uh, yeah, it's the the uh, yeah the art of horror collective. There you go. That's it. The art yeah, of horror. That's it. Yeah, that's it. He so, does uh, all kinds of airbrushing and painting of maquettes and statues and figures yeah, and uh, all kinds of stuff. He, his work is is excellent. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'll be. I'm excited to uh, be showing that off ASAP. Yeah, it looked good. It looked real good. Yeah, it looks nice. even better in my hand. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I bet. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. But uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, um, yeah. I only had one more note, and that was that I really liked their '80s uh, GM band. <laughs> Just because awesome. I've been so, like, you know, I finally got the Suburban I wanted, but I've been, for the last, like, year plus been looking at, like, 70s and 80s and early 90s model Suburbans for so much, and they share a lot of the same, you know, like, engine and guts and stuff as yeah. the, the van that they the crew drives in this episode, and that's a pretty sweet van, so... Oh. Oh yeah, there's that glorious like tan well, brown like and orange, and it's like a conversion van, so it's got like it's all like everything is upholstered inside and uh, yeah. you know cushioned and this yeah. is those glorious autumn colors, you know. Yep. Uh, like... <laughs> yep. Woo. Yeah. So, so that's some sweet wood on the inside, you know. So oh yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, like I've like my suburban is a Silverado, which is like the higher yes. trim level, and so it's got like the faux wood burl like veneer on the dash and you know oh, yeah. on the gauge cluster and that's the stuff. Right and mine's got like I don't know if it's someone I don't know if it was like a I don't know it doesn't have the stock. Um, like kind of console between the front seats it has like this wooden console I don't know if it's homemade or if it was some one off like or if it was like some like feature you could add at some point but yeah mine's definitely got a little a little it's wood got some bling right yeah yeah, yeah nice. nice but with that uh, I don't think we have anything else for this episode I mean yeah, about I, vans. yeah <laughs> we've made it to the van portion of the show so I yeah so you reached gearheads here at Cat Protection. You got any questions? Cameshaft. Uh, Camshaft. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Sorry. Nice. So uh, yeah, this episode, like I said, and I like, like we've all agreed, there, there's a lot to like in it. I feel like the yeah. execution compared to the rest of the show felt just a little lacking, but you know. I, like if if your idea, Chris, I think, and that's something I didn't really we didn't really return to that they were trying to get a they went for a Spielberg you know a Spielberg tone for everything else, and here they're going right. for like more of like a gritty '80s urban movie. Then yeah, it's a good idea, and I wouldn't mind them trying more stuff like that in the future even. For sure, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I just felt like the execution the was a little a little yeah. lacking. Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, I get the feeling that's the last we're going to see of uh, Yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. I mean, I I don't know. I like the idea of Callie yeah. in idea, like in the idea of it, like that she could, like I said, like I was at that point expecting her to go back with her, you know? So yeah. if she would come in at some point to help her, I don't think that'd be terrible. No, I you know, think in she's, like season three, she's too but broken. She's too bitter. Well, maybe you that was the I point see? of the story. Maybe that was yeah. the point of the story that she's too far gone and Ella didn't want to get to I, that point. I see them doing another, like, like the intro to the season where we're back with Callie and you think Callie's going to come in and then somebody whacks Callie mm. and then, and then that person has a number and then that person is coming for Elle and we got to worry about it, you know, that would be like all season. Or that's how maybe that's how they bring bring back Brenner. Brenner tracks her down. That's what I thought right. you were gonna say is that it's oh, her and it's Brenner. Yeah, could be Brenner, but yeah, I, well I don't know. I, you know yeah, maybe, and maybe Brenner's got another number, and Brenner's got his pet power person. You know, you're right though, Dave. There is a Superman. Well, we won't get to that really till the end of the season, but yeah. there is kind of a, a point in this where it's like, well, what really? What can stop L? You know? Yeah. Uh, love. Sure we'll find out eventually. Broken heart. <laughs> love. <laughs> love. Uh, Every superhero's weakness. Yeah. Next on a very so, special episode of Stranger Things. You know no, what they say. Not, hopefully she's not going to be that old. We have to deal with that. Oh, sorry. You're going somewhere else. I'm thinking after school special. <laughs> no, I was, I was going there too. Okay. All right. Oh, God. That's frightening. Superpowered person in puberty. Yeah. Yep. Oh, of which you know what? They're going to be a year older next season. So. Yeah. Oh boy, that's going to be fun. Yep. Mhm. Mhm. That's funny. Next time on Stranger Things: The Next Generation. <laughs> yeah, we're at that point of the episode. We should. Probably... All right, we should call it because otherwise this is just going to happen for the next half an hour. Buy stuff off the Amazon link. You know you want to. That's right. Okay. And email us. And <clears throat> yep. Leave an iTunes yeah. review. Yeah, please uh, get on the Facebook group. We've added people every every month. We've been adding people. Um, it's been kind of quiet just because we're between seasons and there hasn't been a ton of news. But I feel like that's about with this like casting news. Uh, I'm sure it's going to start picking up. So and, get on the Facebook yeah, group. Absolutely. Feel free to comment. Feel free to start discussion if you'd like. Um, yeah, and with that, uh, yeah, definitely check out twotruefreaks.com and the Amazon link there. It helps the show, helps the whole network. The Two True, Fre- Two True Freaks network is dozens of podcasts about every conceivable thing you could be interested in if you like geeky stuff, if you like Star Wars, Star Trek, comics, Doctor Who, and much, much more. Giant it's Monsters, all- horror movies. Giant Monsters, yep, horror movies. Yep, it, it literally like Superman, every everything. everything is on there. Everything, every if you if you find something you're interested in that's not on there that is geeky like pop culture related, please let me know. Send an email to castprotection@gmail.com. And with that, uh, we'll see you guys next time. And thanks for listening to Cast Protection.
If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O. T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2TrueFreaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2TrueFreaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes. And you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and a number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of... Two True Freaks.